Lord Jesus, as we just look at your word this morning, Holy Spirit, you inspired this word. I ask that you would come right now and that these words would be life and that these words would cut and convict and that it's your word that is the foundation for truth. There is no truth outside of your word. We follow your word as truth. We don't want to change your word to mean what we want it to. We want your truth to shape our life, Lord Jesus. I ask this in your wonderful name. Amen. As we've looked over the last two weeks, we've, we've looked at how in Malachi, God calls his family together and he says to them, a father deserves his honor and a master deserves his respect. But if I'm your father, where is my honor? And then we look at the world that we live in and the culture that, and I want to say, does your life reflect that as a child of God? If someone looks at your life, would they say, that is a life as a son honors his father. That when I look at Nick, I see God and it gives me a good picture of God. Is that what your life reflects? Does your, does your life as a son of God or a daughter of God, does it reflect that you honor him as your father? Or does it reflect an angry father who's upset and and chastising you all the time, or is angry with you, or, or a God that you merely do obligations that he asks you to do. Because this morning, what I want to preach is so easy to confuse this with the wrong thing, which is cultish, like Declan pointed out. Because actually, obedience to God without conviction and hearing him is just cultish behavior. There is nothing in this world that you should blindly follow there is nothing. The only person you should blindly follow is the Lord Jesus. And you can blindly follow him because you're not so blind if you, if you actually are shaped by his word and his truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so to, to, in, to follow any pastor, to follow any teaching, to follow any church without following the Holy Spirit you are at risk of being in a cult. It comes through hearing the Lord. And we spoke last week about, so to honor the Lord is to hear Him. And then more than to just hear Him, and we hear Him through the Bible. We hear Him through leaders. We hear Him through the Holy Spirit. We hear Him through our inner conscience. There are so many ways that we hear Him through the gifts of the Spirit. There's so many ways that we hear God, but then what do we do once we've heard God? Do we allow his word that we hear to come in and convict us and change us? And then we live differently. We act it out. We obey him. Obedience now is like a cuss word. You tell people to obey and it's like, who do you think you are? I don't obey anybody or anything other than my boss. Because we see our, those who have our provision in their hand as the only ones that we can obey. Do you see God with your provision in his hand? Because you will also obey. There is such beautiful signs and simple things around obeying God. One of them is, and we're going to look at all of these scriptures. But for example, the scripture that says, if you love me, you'll obey me. If you don't obey me. <laughs> It's simple. It's a symptom. So James 1 verse 22 to 25 in the NLT, we're going to read this. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. 
Don't just listen. And I want to say this. A lot of people come to church and assume that this is the Christian life, that you come and hear God's word. Everybody hears God's word. Do you know what my, my thought was after Declan's testimony? Who are the other two people that keep getting to, de- to people before Declan, that's whenever he speaks to them? He's like, I was the third person. I want, I want to know who the other two are. Everybody, even unbelievers, will hear what the Lord says. Being a believer doesn't, it's not determined by the fact that I hear God. I mean, some of the ways that you hear God, everybody gets to hear God through the preaching of the word, through the Bible, which is open for everybody to see. That is not, honor itself is not just hearing. You must, but don't just listen to God's word. You must you must not, if you want to, <laughs> if, if, it, if it suits you, you must do what it says. If the Lord speaks, you must do what it says. The Bible. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Do you know that? Do you know that it is possible and it will happen at the end of our age? It will happen at the end of our lives where people will go, they will, you can live your whole life fooling yourself. Please don't fool yourself. You can live a whole life that looks the part where you are hearing God's word and looking appropriately but not doing what God tells you to do. And you can live your whole life fooling yourself. You will come to the end of your life. Jesus says, at that day, there will be a weeping and a gnashing of teeth and people knocking at the door and said, we did all these miracles. And he's like, but I never knew you. Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself into thinking that a compromised, mediocre Christianity is what he's coming back for. He's not. He is holy. He's worthy. Must do what it says. And fool yourself. For if you listen to the word and you don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself. You see the truth. You hear what he has to say. And you forget what you look like. He's saying that's how simple the analogy is. It's like when you go to the mirror and you see yourself. As long as you're standing in front of the mirror, you see yourself. You see clearly. But when you walk away, you forget what you look like. Don't fool yourself. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, what is the perfect law? Jesus taught what the perfect law is. That sets you free. And if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Uh Uh-oh. Whoa. Now you're talking a prosperity gospel. No, it's, it's this simple. You will find blessing in obeying God. You will find blessing in obeying God. For example, the Bible speaks that it's better to give than to receive. You be a generous person and you watch the fruit of your life. You will see that it is more blessed to give than to receive. You you follow the Lord and you watch that you you live in blessing when you walk in obedience. I'm not saying that the blessing is that everything goes well. I'm not saying that your life is hashtag blessed, driving a Ferrari, living in Camps Bay. Like, oh, we can see who really obeys God. That's why we all live this side of the world on the West Coast, because none of us listen to him, because we're not hashtag blessed. 
Otherwise, we'd all be living on bounty. But no, the blessing of God is finding life in this mess. This, this temporary world that is coming to an end and all that is a part of it, all of it is coming to an end. And for the sons and daughters of God, we can actually find blessing in this life. You can wake up without power and a smile on your face. You can wake up without a bank balance and have peace. You can, you can, be, you can have people persecute you and your body and have joy. That's what it means to be blessed in this life. It's reserved for his children. You won't find blessing outside of obedience to the Lord. And it overflows into everything. Again, the blessing is not do this in your, the blessing is that in difficulties you'll find joy. There's this uh, message that in Revelation, it's this book that John has this revelation of the end times and the end of the age. And uh, he sees this angel come and deliver a message to the churches. And one of the messages that he brings to the churches is this. Revelation 2 verse 2 from uh, 2 verse 46. But I have this complaint against you, the angel. If, if an angel of the Lord, it's one of the ways we can hear God. If an angel of the Lord comes to you and says, I have a complaint against you. Don't direct them to the complaints department. You, I have a complaint to get, take a number, have a seat. Somebody will be with you shortly. If the Lord is speaking and says, I have a complaint against you, you best change it. You best hear him and take it to heart and honor him by doing what he has spoken to you about. If you serve Jesus, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, whenever you encounter sin, the Holy Spirit will knock at your door like this. I have a complaint against you. What's your response in that moment? You don't love me or each other as you did at first. That's what the complaint is. That is a big complaint. If my marriage said to me, if my marriage, if my wife said to me, hey babes, could we just have a conversation? I have a, I have a, little, I have a little thing I'd like to talk to you about. You know, those are normally the big booby traps. It's just this one little thing I want to chat to you about. Okay, sure babes, what is it? You don't love me. Whoa! You don't love me. Why? You don't love me or each other the way you did at first. Do you know that that is the first symptom Jesus taught? This is the great commandment, that you would love the Lord your God with everything inside of him, that you would love your neighbor as yourself, that you would love those with you as you love yourself. We all love ourselves because I see we're all quite clothed this morning. You don't love me or each other. Look how far you have fallen. That's what the angel says to the church. If we looked at, and I'm not saying this church, I hope not. I'm saying if we look at the church global and we look at ourselves in the light of that, in the way that we love God, in the way that we love people, does it look like it's fallen? It does to me. When church is about building your kingdom and helping you do your stuff and pleasing your conscience, that is not what the church is. The church is there so that you can express and serve and love the Lord your God with everything you've got and you can love others. And you can't serve Jesus without it. I will dispute anybody on that point. You show me how you can love the Lord without people in the Bible. I actually believe it's a different faith. It's a heresy. 
And anybody who tells you that, it's a false teaching. You cannot love God outside of people. You cannot. Jesus takes it so far, he says, you can't even be forgiven by God if you can't forgive people. That your salvation, you don't even have access to God forgiving your sin if you can't forgive the sins of others who've wronged you. That's how serious he is about the way that we love people. I'm not shouting at you and I'm going to make a happy face because I can see everyone's like, geez, bro, who upset this guy? Why is he... Why are you shouting at me, bro? It's Sunday. Chill. He says, turn back to me and the works you did at first. So there is, a, there is teaching sweeping the church saying, your works don't matter. The cross, he did it all. You're saved. Your works don't matter. The angel is saying, turn back to the works you did at first. Works matter. The Bible is full of where the Lord says, and I will remember what you did. You don't get salvation by works. That is true. There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. Salvation is a free gift that is given to us. You don't earn it. But out of salvation comes these good works that he's called us to do. And these good works are not to build your ministry. It's for the benefit of others. That's the attitude Jesus had. Philippians 2, have the same mind among yourselves, that Jesus, even though he was considered equal with God, gave up that, and he came to die, even death on a cross. John 14, verse 23, I, I promise you, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to also make this relatable, because I know that I'm preaching a standard that is up here, and just this week, I missed this standard that was up here, and so I, I'm not standing here pointing a finger at you. I'm hoping to share the truth because it's the truth that will set you free. All who love me, John 14 verse 23, Jesus is saying, if you, if you have the flu, you will cough. This is the way that this is written. If you have mumps, I want you to get this illustration right. If you have mumps, your face will look very fat. I experienced this. If you... Whatever, insert random 100% true statement here. If you love me, you will do what I say. Jesus is saying like a symptom to a sickness. If you love me, not if you love me. If you love me, you'll do what I say. It's not a contentious issue. It's not a difficult, it's not a prove it in my theology. It's not a show me how this works out. It's Jesus saying, listen, here's a fruit of your life. I'm going to show you this. If you love me, you'll do what I say. If you don't do what I say, <laughs> my if you, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them. And we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. John 2, 2 John 1 verse 6. Love means doing what God has commanded us. And he has commanded us to love one another, just as you've heard from the beginning. 1 Peter 1 verse 14. So you must live as God's obedient children. As sons honor their fathers, where is my honor? You must live as God's obedient children. 
don't slip this is where we all, this is where we live, most of us, just me maybe. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. This is something we are all, this is why they say the Christian walk is uphill. If you're not working to move forward, you're slipping backwards. Don't slip back into your old ways, which is living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but you've seen a better way. This week, um, I, I, I felt the Lord speak to me about, um, you're going to laugh at me and it's okay. I was like, Lord, I, can I just be vague? Before the meeting, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me I needed to share this today. I was like, can I just be vague? Because, you know, what if there's somebody here who, who, who can't handle the fact that I'm also a human who sins, you know? Like, and I, and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to be quite specific. So this, just this week, I was reading, I had a devotional, and I was reading in Galatians 5, and it says, um, this is the fruit of people who follow their the sinful desire. And I was like, oh, this is going to be easy to read. It doesn't include me, right? Um, and I was reading, and it lists the things of the fleshly desires. It lists them. And it's like, it, it starts with this, like, sexual immorality, uncleanliness, lustfulness. And I was like, this is heavy stuff. And, I, and, and on that, I felt the Lord stop me at uncleanliness. And I was like, okay, what's up? And I know that the Holy Spirit speaking to me like this because I, I, that word starts to poke me in a way that I get uncomfortable by it. And I start to think, well, he can't mean that. And so I like get onto my Bible and I go look in the Greek and I go look at this word. And this word is talking about impurity. This word is talking about those who follow their fleshly desires. They have impurity in their life. And impurity is just, it's not pure. It's not, and so one of the things about my natural desire is that I, and it's probably a coping mechanism to trauma in my life, but I have a very dark sense of humor. Very dark. I can laugh at stuff that is not appropriate <laughs> easily. <laughs> and... Um, and so what happens is I find myself, again, this is a public confession, go easy on me. I find myself, it started with I find one or two funny jokes and I sent it to a friend or two and then you know how that algorithm works you out. And before you know it, I am in all these dark humor jokes of like mocking people with disabilities and like, and people, and I'm just laughing at this stuff and finding it so funny. My wife will walk into the lounge and there's me literally sitting on the chair, laughing my head off. And I honestly just thought, uh, it's funny. It's funny for me. I was even spamming my friends with it, like, ha oh, funny videos, da, 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 da. And I felt the, the Holy Spirit stop me there. And he says, this, this is impurity. This is sin. I'm like, oh, like, oh my goodness. Okay, this is sin. And I repent and I ask the Lord. I'm like, Lord, please, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be like this. I want to, I want to serve you. 
I don't, and, and part of me, you know, the, the justifying thing, this, I don't know about you, but this, is, this happens to me when the Lord convicts me, like in Malachi, when he's called the church together and he's speaking to them and he's addressing them and then they're arguing with him, that's exactly what happens to me. I'm like, I can't help, but it's funny, like, it's the way that I'm made, I'm, I'm laughing at this thing, it's really funny, and, and I thought the Holy Spirit saying, this is not funny, this is impure, this is sin. And do you know what? You're going back to your, you are slipping into your old ways to satisfy your flesh. I was a bully when I grew up. And so I, in, in school and when I was younger, and so I, I was, a, it's one of the things I was so grateful about the grace of God is because I, I, I would hurt people or, um, and, it, and it was to make me feel better about myself because I felt so terrible about myself. And so this thing is like this bullying, evil, sinful desire, this thing that he saved me from. And there I am, slipping back into this stuff. And so I'm not just pointing the finger at you. I'm also pointing the finger at me. I'm saying, ah, we all face this. If there is one of you sitting here who feel like, man, my salvation is like a downhill skate, I'm never slipping back. I'm just flying forward into everything. Don't fool yourself. And so he spoke to me early on in the week. I was so convicted. I was so radical about it. And by the Thursday, I sent two memes to my friend and I immediately knew. As I did it, I felt this, what have you done? And I was like, they're not even that bad. It's just funny. Immediately. And I was like, and the Lord gave me the scripture. So you must live as God's obedient children. It's almost like the Lord said, the first time I didn't know any better. And he highlighted it to me. Hey, this is something I don't want inside of you. The second time, it came with a way more stern warning from the Holy Spirit. Hey, listen, you need to live as God's obedient child. Don't slip back into that life because that life is where you're all the rest of the stuff that I saved you from, that road is taking you there. Sorry if you, I'm sorry if, it's, if you struggle to hear me explain weakness. It, it, it's, I, I was like, oh Lord, I know that this is difficult for people to know that now they're going to think Dan laughs at them. I don't laugh at you. I promise you. And there is this, this is what it means to follow Jesus on a daily basis. It means when he speaks to you about small things, when he touches you and you just hear him, what do you do from that point? And then do you allow it to convict you? And then once it's convicted you, do you act it out differently? Because that is what it looks like to honor the Lord with your life. And a part of me, I know that for me, the second warning is the fact that I've confessed this in front of everybody, which means there is a whole bunch of people now that know about this thing inside of me and I have to be accountable to make sure that I'm not messing this up because that is even why accountability is given for your protection. Because God loves you. That's why church will feel like a cult without the prompting and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And if you struggle to follow your leaders, if you struggle to obey what God is saying, I'm telling you the problem is not in what the church leadership and the church is. The problem is what's going on inside of your heart. The problem is that you're not hearing directly from Jesus anymore. The problem is that there's a disconnect. 
Jesus even teaches this in a parable to give you an example. And he says this, Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27. This is how practical it works. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Anything that I teach you and you live out, you are wise. Like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in and torrents and the floodwaters rise and the wind beats against it, that house will not collapse because it is built on the bedrock. I want to pause there and say this. We are living in a world of a storm and God wants your life to not collapse and fall apart. God doesn't want your marriage to fall apart. God doesn't want you to fall to pieces. God doesn't want you to kill yourself. God doesn't want you to live in depression. God doesn't want you to live in anxiety and fear of your job and fear of income and fear of the world and fear of, no, he wants you to live a life that can, that a house on a rock that, that weathers the storm. That is the life that God wants for you. Do you know that? That is why he speaks to you and he says, build this way. Because if you don't, and this is what he says, if you don't, if you hear his words and you don't do them, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish. Foolish. Fool yourselves. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and wind come, the wind beats up against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. If you don't build your life, and by build I mean everything that you do is building. The choices you make, the life you live, the decisions you make, the job you have, the relationship you in, the commitment that you have, the sin that you willfully choose to do. Every decision that you make is a building block. And it is building a a house, and that house is called your life. And we are living in a world that will bring a storm against that house. The storm might not be tomorrow. It might be Friday. It might be six months from now when you go through a traumatic event. It might be a year from now when you lose your health. It might be at some point in your life you will face a massive storm. And every block that you've built out of obedience to the Lord will be built on the rock. And everything that you have built on the rock, when the worst storms of life come, I have seen friends lose their children and their faith has not fallen apart through tragedy. Because we live in a tragic, traumatic world. And if you don't build on the rock, you have every right to feel anxious and unease and depressed and without peace. You do. Because this life is not easy. This life is not all fun and games. Nobody gets out alive. This life is painful and hurtful in relationships. People will hurt you. You will be disappointed by many. And so lovingly, the Lord says, but I have a way And I can give you a way that you can build a life in this world that will weather any storm. That could weather your worst nightmares. And it's if you obey what I am teaching you. 